Welcome to episode 186 of Live Happy Now. This is your host, Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us today. Once again, the holidays are upon us, so it's time for peace on earth, goodwill toward men, and most likely a whole lot of stress for women. This week, we're talking with Nancy Jane Smith, a licensed professional counselor and author of three books, including The Happier Approach, Be Kind to Yourself, Feel Happier, and Still Accomplish Your Goals. She has some great tips for managing the holiday hustle with your good mood intact. So if you'd like your holidays to run a little bit smoother this year, let's listen to what Nancy has to teach us. Nancy, I am so glad that you could come and talk to us today for Live Happy Now. First of all, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. This is great. Well, we wanted to talk to you because this is the holiday season and it's a time when we're talking about happy holidays and being happy and being with family. But we also know this is a time when people are really stressed and all that happiness can take a back seat. What, so what we wanted to talk to you is the holidays are getting underway. What are some of the things that we can do to prepare ourselves so maybe this year we can actually enjoy them? <laughs> Yeah, there are so many expectations that we put on that are put on us and we put on ourselves for the the holidays. So it's kind of a comes from all sides internally and externally. And that's part of the problem is that it isn't we think it's all external, but a lot of it is the pressure we put on ourselves to keep up with other people, to make sure it's perfect, to make sure everyone's happy. And that can get us in trouble sometimes. So what is it that is causing the most stress or unhappiness during the holiday season? I think it's the crazy expectations that, you know, that we need to have a Norman Rockwell Christmas and everything. Even I was just reading the Oprah magazine holiday issue before we got on this call. And it was just everything in there is just perfect. And so we think, oh, we have to find the perfect gift and do the perfect decorating and everything. The perfect, you know, Thanksgiving meal, the perfect Christmas meal. Everything needs to be absolutely amazing. And that isn't how it works you know that isn't <laughs> life is messy you know <laughs> I don't think even Norman Rockwell had a Norman Rockwell holiday. <laughs> I'm suspecting he probably painted that because it's like this is what I wish it looked like yes exactly and so I think you know to let go of some of those expectations and to recognize how do you know the question I always tell people to ask themselves is how do I want to feel for this holiday you know how do I want this holiday to feel and a lot of times we don't care about the perfection. We don't care about that everyone's sitting around the table looking perfect. We care about, we want to feel calm or we want to feel peaceful or we want to feel connected with our family members. And so when we can keep that feeling in mind, when we start getting caught up on the fact that we have, you know, we haven't found the perfect gift for our sister and we're driving to the fifth store in traffic, <laughs> we can stop ourselves and be like, wait a minute, is this really what matters here? Is this really what's important? Because our brain will tell us that it is when it isn't. And what do we do? You brought up a great point about the finding the perfect gift. What about the people who have recipients who do expect the perfect gift and you do feel that pressure? Because I know a lot of times it is self-induced pressure and, right. you know, like they, they really don't care. But we do have those people in our lives who have a certain expectation of whether something's going to be good enough or not. How and do you handle that? Well, some of that is recognizing you're not going to please everyone, which I, you know, I hate that answer as soon as it pops out of my mouth, but I think because that's easier, way easier said than done. And I, and I try to be aware of those tidbits that we give are way, that are way easier, that are way easier said than done. 
but a you know a stereotypical example of that is like the mother your mother-in-law who you know you really want to impress and has really high standards for what a, a good christmas meaningful gift is and so just to recognize that you can do your best and that's all you can do you're not going to hit the mark every time you're going to get close you're going to miss it and to be able to recalibrate that and keep your expectations in control is beneficial when we start trying to mind read everyone and figure out oh what would be the perfect gift for my mother-in-law and I'm trying to mind read her and figure it out instead of being like, I think my mother-in-law would really like this. In fact, I think she would love this and that's enough. Nice. And what else can we focus on? Because as you mentioned, we do kind of obsess on what we're not doing right. So how do we turn that and focus on the things that are going right? What, what are some of the things that we should be looking at? Well, I think, you know, back to that, how do I want this to feel, to go back to what is it that I'm really looking for for my holidays and so I can recalibrate at any one time, that I can keep coming back to, will this matter a year from now? You know, we just, we were doing Thanksgiving and my aunt said, we were here for Thanksgiving for my aunt last year and she said, oh no, you, you remember last year the stuffing was really dry. So this no. year, I'm, and we were like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I have no recollection of the stuffing. You know, I mean, I ate a great meal and that was it. But she's been obsessing about the stuffing since last year because it was dry. And so, <laughs> you know, to kind of get that, reframe that to be like, does this really matter? In a year from now, will anyone remember Remember, will my mother in law even remember the gift I gave her a year from now? Probably not. You know, right. that's just how our minds work. It was really bad. And <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's like give her a deer head or something, and then after that, she'll always be happy with you. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so much of what you deal with really is like letting go of that perfectionism. Why is that so hard for us? I think women, especially. It's a difficult thing to do. Can you explain, first of all, why it's so hard and then kind of give us some tips for, for getting better at losing our perfectionism? Well, I think perfectionism is addictive because it's never achievable. So it's kind of like you're constantly you know, this time I'm going to do it right. This time it's going to be perfect. You know, you think of a gambling addict who's this time I'm going to win, this time I'm going to win. That's the same with perfectionists. We have this belief system that I didn't get it right last time, but I, I, that possibility is always there that I can get it right. So, you know, on one hand to start reframing that to just kind of give yourself some wiggle room. When you're in perfectionist mode, you are, it's black and white. There's a right way and there's a wrong way and it's very rigid. And so recognizing that life is gray, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of definitions of what a dry stuffing is or what a good <laughs> stuffing is, you know? <laughs> so to give yourself some wiggle room to recognize, you know, 10 people may eat this and they may think of it in a variety of ways. And I doubt anyone is going to say it's perfect ever because we, there is no such thing as perfection. But then on the other side of perfection, it really, especially for people that have anxiety and a lot of people that have perfectionism have what I call high functioning anxiety is perfectionism keeps us from really engaging with what's going on. So if I have to create, you know, find the perfect gift for my mother-in-law, I can be focused on driving from store to store and obsessing about that perfect gift. And then I don't have to engage with what's happening in my day-to-day -day life because that is too stressful. So I focus on something completely out of my control that I pretend is in my control. 
Does that make sense? What I'm that makes perfect sense. Okay, so there's a there's a the per- perfectionism gives us something. It isn't just all this evil thing that you know we're striving for something that doesn't exist. I think it's helpful to look at it from the other side to be like, wow, why? How does my perfectionism? How does my perfectionism protect me. And in one way, you know, when I do Christmas dinner and it needs to be perfect, I'll stay in the kitchen and be doing the perfect Christmas dinner. And I'm not having to then engage with my family because they, Oh my gosh, I'm going to start cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, that's the secret. That is the secret. (laughs) Hidden benefit of cooking in the kitchen is you don't have to deal with the family. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Let me ask you about family for a minute because I think we're all crammed together and tensions are high and I think we fight with our family, but do we also fight more with our significant others during the holidays? Yes. And, you know, because it's so high, because it's the person that you're so familiar with, you know, you can perform all day with family and then family and friends, you can go to a holiday party and put on your best face and then you get home and you're exhausted and the person you're going to take it out on is your partner because that's an easy place to put that aggression. So to remember that, you know, to kind of remind yourself, this is my teammate and to approach it that we are getting through this holiday together and, you know, to be appreciative of your partner and to thank them. And, you know, I think it's really important before the holiday starts and we get into the hubbub of it all to have a time to talk, you know, meet for coffee or have a glass of wine together and kind of do a plan of how is this going to look? Where are the pitfalls going to be? What's the parties that I don't want to go to? How am I going to survive your work party when I don't know anyone? Or, you know, I have a huge family and we do a big Christmas gathering every year that goes on for three days. (laughs) It's the most amazing time of year for me, but you know, it's kind of hell for my husband, to be honest. (laughs) Does he come from a small family? Yes. Yeah. That didn't do this crazy, you know, packed with traditions, you know, everything has meaning and we're constantly reliving years past and it's just a hard thing to fit into. And so we have to ask, do you have to wear matching pajamas? No, we're not that crazy. All right. Okay. (laughs) All right. I was going to do an intervention for him if he did. So (laughs) We're not that intense, but I do do the same, you know, sadly and blessedly in a lot of ways, I do the same traditions I've done my whole life. We haven't changed anything. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, but I have to be aware that, that that's hard for him. And so I need to be thanking him for doing stuff and showing up and being there and recognizing he's going to need a lot of breaks and he's not going to engage in all the activities I'm going to engage in. And that's okay because it's not his thing. And so kind of just giving again back to that wiggle room, I need to give him some wiggle room instead of being rigid that my partner needs to face the holidays the same way I do. That's fantastic because what's comforting for you and and might be comforting for one person can be completely overwhelming for something else. Yes. For somebody else. And I love that point of of bringing that up and recognizing that. And how do you then create that game plan? I like the idea of sitting down with wine or coffee and, and actually mapping out a strategy. And what are some strategies that you can use to, as you look at those pitfalls and and potential problems. Because it's, you know, it's all going to be a negotiation. And I think some of the strategies are, you know, I'm going to take regular breaks or I'm going to drive separately to the, to your office party so that I can leave when I'm ready to leave and you can stay and hang out with your friends. Or I'm going to, you know, this is the 
these are the kids gifts. I'm going to get these kids gifts and you can get those kids gifts. Or I'm responsible for going to the kids Christmas holiday parties, but you're going to be responsible for, you know, making sure that they get thank you notes written at the end of the, you know, after the Christmas gifts are done. So just kind of divvying everything up. But what that requires is some honesty to be able to be honest with your partner and say, gosh, I just hate going to your holiday Christmas party. And it stresses (laughs) me. You know, it stresses me for this reason, this reason, and this reason. Okay, so then as a team, how can we brainstorm that so it's not stressing you so much and figure out a way you can leave early or you could take a break or whatever that is. But too often, we, especially for a perfectionist, to bring it full circle, we try to say, oh, I can just put on the happy face and power through. And what this really requires is for you to be honest and acknowledge what really comes up for you around the holidays, what is hard for you, and then rely on your partner to pick up the slack. That is terrific advice. And the one thing that I was thinking about as you were talking that I know not everyone feels their spouse is going to get the right gift. (laughs) They're not going to. (laughs) So what do you do in those cases where you want to divide and conquer, but you know that he is going to be at the mall on Christmas Eve looking at the Chia Pets. I mean, <laughs> you know that's going to happen. So so when you have those situations, how do you overcome those divide and conquer strategies? Like, what do you do? Right. What is so funny, just as an aside, my husband, we were talking about that I was getting ready to do this. And he's like, well, you're going to have to talk about how we don't get the right gifts. For <laughs> that was his first thing that popped into his head. Um, That's fantastic. But I think that it is the first off, you have to be honest. You know, I know my husband, love him to death. He's not gonna surprise me with some beautiful piece of jewelry unless I pick it out and say, here's the jewelry, go buy it. And you know, would I love him to be more spontaneous or more creative? Yes. Would I love him not to be shopping, you know, at the drugstore on Christmas Eve <laughs> for my Hey, progress gift cards. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I have to recognize who he is and who I married and that he's not going to be able to do everything that I need him to do. And so, no, he's not going to get me the perfect gift, but he is going to be the guy that's going to spend three days with my family at Christmas. And so that's a gift. So kind of being honest about those, those trade-offs and also being honest, if I really, I, you know, if that's something that's really important to me and I really want my husband to think about what gift to give me, then I need to be dropping him obvious hints and saying, wow, this is something I would really like. This is something I would really like. And then helping him pick up, this is important to me. You need to figure out how to do this. That's a great point because I think as women, sometimes we expect that they're going to know that we would really like this item and then we end up disappointed and they're disappointed because they had thought they were getting us a great thoughtful gift and, and we don't like it. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so what is that? Like we kind of tend to think it's wrong if we tell them like, this is what I really want. So can you correct that? that belief because I because I get I mean partly I go back and I think you know common wisdom I was always told like well you know don't expect it if he can't do it don't expect him to do it and I think part of that is true but I also think you know he, he can grow a little bit too and we can 
as a team, again, I can't emphasize the team thing enough. As a team, I can say, you know what? It's really important for me to, for you to get a gift. I'm going to give you five obvious hints through the holiday season. You have to pick one of those and go get it. So then I at least get my surprise because I don't know which five he's going to pick. But and he gets to win in getting me a gift that I really want. That's terrific. You avoid the Christmas Day fight or silence, cold shoulder. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sometimes yeah. have. That's fantastic. I love that strategy. And then also and to wins. say, to give feedback, you know, not on Christmas morning, but to say, hey, <laughs> you did awesome. You totally hit it. Or, you know, next time I, you know, if you could get a a small instead of a large, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe so, not another toaster oven. Right. Yes. Or not the Kroger gift card, you know. <laughs> Then what are we doing as we roll into these holidays and we're going to start getting exhausted? So how do we set these boundaries so we don't exhaust ourselves? Well, I like to think of the, I have an analogy that I use and it's, I ask the question, how full is your glass? And if you think about a glass of, of water, I say it's a glass of energy. And throughout the day, you will give to other people and that will empty your glass and you'll and you'll get from other people and that will fill your glass back up. And so it is on us to make sure that we are monitoring that glass and filling it with things that fill us back up so that I know if I'm going to go to my husband's Christmas party, that's going to be an energy drainer. So I have to have something the next morning or later that night that's going to fill me back up. And so that constant and measuring where's my energy, where's my energy can help in letting us know, okay, I'm at the holiday Christmas party. I'm miserable. I need to go step outside and, and get some more energy. And that is, that's on us to kind of set those boundaries and recognize, you know, when I go to the kids school Christmas party, it is a killer. Like that just takes all my energy. So then I got to call on my teammate, my spouse to come in and, and do it differently. And maybe he gets some energy from doing that. So he can take that activity. So a lot of it is knowing your strengths and your personality type. And knowing theirs and kind of creating that game plan of who's going to play what position during the game. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also in the moment, you know, so we're at my aunt's house and I, you know, got up really early this morning and I, it was like 10 o'clock and I knew I was going to do this interview with you. And so I was like, I'm going to go take a little nap on the couch. And that was super hard for me to do because I want to be with my family and I want to be together with them. But to recognize if I'm going to be able to do later, the activities later in the day that I want to do, I got to measure, monitor my energy now. So I got to take care of myself. And if you're a perfectionist, the last thing you want to do is admit, oh, I need to take care of myself because perfectionists can do everything for everyone without even thinking about it. So that's the shift that has to, to take place. I'm not a bad person if I have to rest here. I'm not a bad person if I admit I can't do that. So to change that thought process a little bit. And for some of us, we tend to use the, I have so much to do, kind of wear it like a badge of honor. Yes. And and that's really detrimental, particularly during this time of year. Mm -hmm. So how do we lose that habit? Because I know so many people who, oh, they just love telling you how busy they are. Right. I, you know, I love the quote um, that 
busy has become the 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 new answer to how are you instead of fine. Everyone is just exactly. like I'm busy. I'm so busy. And again, that busyness is a is a way to keep us out of connection. It's a way to keep us from interacting with the world. If I'm busy and I'm all up here in my head, then I don't ever settle back down into my body and really connect with the holiday. And so it's recognizing what are my busy behaviors. Is it that I'm making a thousand to-do lists? Is it that I'm driving from place to place? Is it that I'm honking at other drivers because I'm so (laughs) upset because they're getting in my way to my next thing? And then be like, okay, I need to slow down. I need to take a little break here. And I have these, you know, I am not a fan, even though I just saw you guys did an interview with Dan Harris and I love his 10% Happier book, but I can't do meditation and mm-hmm. I, I struggle with that. And so what I do are just 30 second, I call them um, mindfulness hacks where you just can get into your body for 10 seconds, whether that's to bend over and touch your toes or stretch your hands up to the sky or just wiggle around anything that kind of is like, oh yeah, I can, I'm in my body. And that kind of cuts off that busyness, busyness, busyness brain that keeps us so hopped up. So you just kind of cut that circuit for a minute. Yes. And yeah, true. I love that idea. Yeah. And you also, you have a newsletter. We're going to have a link to it on the website, but you have a newsletter to help people get through this holiday time. Can you tell me a little bit about what they get when they sign up for this newsletter? Yeah. So it's called live happier through the holidays. And it's a note that pops into your inbox every morning. And it's just a little tidbit on how to do the holidays differently. Just a reminder from me and I call it a reminder from your biggest fan who I think is the is the kind of the voice of wisdom inside of us who can just remind you how to slow down how to take a breath how to you know stay in your own lane so you're not getting involved in everyone else's business around the holidays just little tidbits like that and so it runs through the end of the year and it's just a great way to kind of stay connected to yourself throughout the holidays that's excellent because I think we need that help right now. Yes, definitely. Well, terrific. Nancy, you are such a delight to talk to. Um, This is a perfect topic for us to be talking about right now. So I I thank you for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was a lovely conversation. That was Nancy Jane Smith, author of The Happier Approach. Be kind to yourself, feel happier, and still accomplish your goals. You can learn more about Nancy when you visit our website at livehappynow.com. And you'll also find a link to sign up for her free email series, Live Happier Through the Holidays, to help you keep your season a little more sane. As always, if you like what you've heard here today and want to hear more, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Search for Live Happy Now and subscribe today so you'll never miss an episode. That is all we have time for today. So please join us back here next week. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.